Colgate Tooth Powder's Theater of Romance presents Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Yes, tonight and every Tuesday night, Colgate Tooth Powder brings you the Theater of Romance, featuring each week your favorite stories and plays, especially adapted for radio. And here is your host of the evening, Arnold Moss, to tell you about this evening's presentation, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Good evening, and welcome to Colgate Tooth Powder's Theater of Romance. James Hilton's tender and moving story of the old school teacher, whose life was enriched by one great love, is known to all of you as Goodbye, Mr. Chips. At this moment, Mr. Chips, 85 years weary, with 63 years of schoolmastering behind him, is very ill. His doctor and the headmaster of the school watch him anxiously. Poor old chap. He must have lived a lonely sort of life all by himself. Not always by himself. He married, you know. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. No, I guess he didn't know. Few people do know now. I wish I found it easier to talk about. I wish I could just speak up and say, yes, I married and it was heaven and paradise and Eden and Olympia. I lived my lifetime in a year or two and died so long ago that none of you remember. Let me tell you about my Catherine. Her hair was like sunshine and her eyes were blue. And her laughter reached out to me the day we met on top of a mountain as close to God as it was possible to climb. And she was merry, and I was very cross. Now, see here, young woman. I don't know what you're laughing at. I climbed all the way up here because I thought you were in difficulty. Well, it was very gallant of you, and please don't take me unappreciative. But you look so outraged that it's funny. Well, why on earth were you waving your arms about, sir, if nothing was wrong with you? I was waving at a friend of mine just below you. Oh. Oh, dear. I, I'm afraid I shall have to sit down for a moment. Oh, what's wrong? Uh, nothing very serious. I twisted my ankle on that last incline. Well, let me see it. Oh, it's very swollen. Here, I'll tear off a piece of my petticoat and we'll soak your ankle. Uh, my dear young lady, I'm certainly not going to have you tearing up your your, your, your uh, uh, undergarment for me. It's it's quite unnecessary and most embarrassing. Oh, Pooh. Are you going to shut your eyes? I am not. Well, just as you like. Oh. <laughs> I thought you'd close them when it came right down to it. You can open now. The operation's over. Now, I'll just get this wet. Take your shoe and stocking off. Well, there doesn't seem to be anything else to do. Now then, we'll just wrap this round your ankle and let it soak for a while. I'll be as gentle as I can. There. Did that hurt? Hmm? I said, did that hurt? <laughs> well, I guess it didn't. Or you'd have had something to say about it. What's your name? Chipping. Oh? Well, mine's Catherine, Mr. Chipping. But my friends call me Kathy. What do your friends call you? Chipping. What would you expect them to call me? Oh, something a little less formal than Chipping. And a little more friendly. And, uh, what might such a name be? Well, that name might be... Chips. Mr. Chips. 
Now, there's a jaunty name with dash to it and a sense of humor. Uh, I rather like it. I'm glad. I hope you'll use it often. I hope I'll use it often. Oh, look, the sun's going down. We'll have to stop back. I'm afraid you'll have to try and put your shoe and sock on. Oh, very well. Uh, uh, do you mind? Uh, not at all. I'll gladly turn my back. Thank you. It's been a beautiful day, and it's going to be a beautiful night. There's a full moon now, you know. Or do you? Certainly, I know. It's too bad about your ankle. You might have gone for a walk in the moonlight. I've never walked in the moonlight with a young lady in my life. How old are you, Mr. Chips? Forty-eight. Well, I'd be ashamed to admit it. Here, take my hands. I'll help you up. Oh, all right. There we are. <laughs> now, lean on me and we'll start back. I'm afraid this is going to be rather painful for you. Thank you. You know something, young lady? I'm beginning to like you very much. Do you know something, Mr. Chips? Uh-huh. I'm beginning to like you very much, too. Hello, Mr. Chips. I brought you some cake. How's the angle tonight? Uh, better, but I still can't walk on the blasted thing. Hang it all. Such strong language from you. Oh. Well, what, what would you expect? Look at all that moonlight going to waste. What's that piece you're playing, Kathy? It's a love song. It's been one of my favorites for a long time. Uh, when I was a little girl and dreaming about a prince who would come riding on a white horse, there was always someone playing that song somewhere in the background. And did the prince ever come? Yes, he did. Oh. Oh, I see. But he didn't come on a white horse. There wasn't any music, except in my heart. He came limping up a mountain and walked straight into my dreams and said his name was Chipping. Kathy. Oh, Kathy, my dear, I... I, I... I, I, I don't quite know what to say, confound it. What do you want to say? Well, what, what I want to say seems altogether too prosaic and old-fashioned. It's, it's just... Catherine, my dear, will you do me the honor of becoming my wife? Oh, darling, I've been so frightened. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course, I've, I've been too impulsive. That's why you've been frightened. Oh, my darling, I've been frightened to death. You wouldn't ask me. Mr. Chips, look. There's the first star. Let's wish on it. Oh. What did you wish? That we'd always be as happy as we are this moment. What did you wish? That you'd never leave me. She stood beside me in her mother's wedding dress, wearing a veil that five Irish grandmothers had worn before her. And then... Those words that I was to be proud about forever. I, Catherine, take thee, Robert, to my wedded husband, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer.
before we go on to the next scene, here is Del Chabot. It's the radiance of your teeth that puts sunshine in your smile, right? Then use Colgate tooth powder for a smile that dazzles. This remarkable tooth powder quickly removes dull, dingy surface film, permits your teeth to shine in all their natural brilliance, lets their own true luster glisten through your smile. And oh, how fresh, sweet, and wholesome your breath is after every brushing with Colgate tooth powder. Scientific tests prove that Colgate tooth powder stops oral unpleasing breath, stops it instantly in seven cases out of ten. Believe me, there's a powerful attraction in a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles. So brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate tooth powder and be ready for romance with a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles. Get Colgate tooth powder tonight, won't you? Remember the name, Colgate tooth powder. Now the second act of Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Old Mr. Chips lies quietly on his bed under the anxious eyes of his doctor. And his mind and his heart have raced back almost half a century to the days of his great love. Oh, Mr. Chips, isn't it a lovely party? I'm going to love it here at Brookfield. Good evening, Chipping. I'd like the pleasure of meeting Mrs. Chipping. Oh, good evening, sir. Uh, this is Mr. Weatherby, dear, the headmaster of Brookfield. How do you do, Mr. Weatherby? Uh, Mrs. Chipping, welcome to Brookfield. We're happy to have you with us. And very glad indeed to see you both so happy. Thank you, Mr. Weatherby. How long have you known my husband? Oh, roughly 20 years or so, I'd say. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? You know, every once in a while, I think, even if God is very good and gives us 70 years, that won't be nearly enough. When I've known him 70 years, you'll have known him 90. Think of it. <laughs> and you'll be saying, just think, today, Weatherby's known you 90 years, my dear. He was a fine old chap, wasn't he? <laughs> this all verges a little on the depressing. I shall be 118 years old myself. And very handsome for your age, too. <laughs> well, there's the music again. Will you do me the honor of this dance, Mrs. Chipping? With pleasure, Mr. Weatherby. Oh, my darling, how beautiful you were. How beautiful. The days that followed were my golden days, for they began with your smile and ended with your kiss. Too short, too short those days and fleeting. I see you walking beside me through the grey historic halls of Brookfield. I see you sitting before your dressing table, brushing your hair and eyeing me gravely in the mirror. Chips, dear, don't be hard on the boys. After all, they didn't do anything so serious. Someday you'll be head of the school yourself, you know. And you must be very understanding. I? Head of the school? Yes. Won't it be wonderful? How much you knew of boys, Kathy. You who had no son but dreamed of one constantly. And one day cradled that dream in your arms. Chips, darling, I've something to tell you. Hmm? <clears throat> We're going to have a baby. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Oh, my darling, isn't that wonderful? Kathy, it, it, it's so wonderful, it's unbelievable. D how, how do you feel? Are you all right, darling? Here, sit down, let me get your pillow. Silly, that won't be necessary for a long time yet. Oh, Mr. Chips, if you knew how I've prayed for this. You know, coming home from the doctor, I kept wanting to run up to people that I'd never seen before and say, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> I'm going to have a baby. 
Oh, Mr. Chips, he'll have your hair and your eyes and your laugh and fat rosy cheeks. He'll be the most beautiful baby there ever was. And he'll be very bright, too, won't he? Oh, yes, the brightest boy in the school. <laughs> yes, and he'll, he'll make the team and we'll go and sit in the stands and wave <laughs> flags and cheer him home for the school. And he'll marry the prettiest girl in England. And then he'll have a son and we'll be grandparents. <laughs> oh, Chips... Was there ever anything in the world so wonderful as having a baby? No, my dear, not one. Not one. Mr. Chips, I love you very much. Kathy, I... Kathy, my dear, I... I, I know, my dear. I know. It seemed that we had everything in the world, you and I... I was full of plans. At first, you shared them with me. And then, gradually, you seemed to draw away from them. You smiled and said the right things, but your eyes didn't believe them. And my heart grew cold with the fear that prowled restlessly inside me and would not be stilled. And then, one day... Mr. Chipping, you're wanted right away at home. I'll take your mathematics class for you. Hurry, man, hurry. I don't understand, Doctor. I, I don't understand. Mr. Chipping, try to listen, please. We've done everything we can. Do you mean she's going to... Oh, no. No, you, you can't mean that. She's my whole world. She's my whole life. If I lose her, I want to die. Take hold of yourself, man. Remember that life and death must come to everyone. What good are words to me? There must be something that you can do, Doctor. There must be something. I wish there were. Her child was born dead. She should not have tried to have this baby. I warned her. She wanted a son so much. Oh, Doctor, what'll I do? What can I do? You can come in with me now and sit with her until the end. And try not to let her see what you are feeling. She has only a short time. Try not to make her unhappy. I'll try. Come in, then. Kathy, my darling. Hello, Mr. Chips. You look tired. Sit down here by the bed where I can smooth your hair. It's standing all on end. Did you have a hard day? Yes, I... Uh... Yes, it was a bit difficult. I told them not to call you until the last moment... I didn't want you worrying when there was nothing you could do. I'm very tired, Mr. Chips. I know, darling. You must rest. No, I don't want to rest. I have plenty of time for resting. You see, I know. No one has needed to tell me. I've seen it in their eyes and in yours. Kathy, you... I'm glad I know. Because otherwise it might not occur to me to say thank you. Thank you for so many lovely things, Mr. Chips. I'm... I'm sorry about your son. You wanted a son. I want you. And only you. Kathy, what'll I do with my life without you? Be grateful for what we've had, Mr. Chips. Don't spoil that by weeping for the things we cannot have. You must live a good life and a full one. You must be headmaster. And a splendid one you'll be, too. 
But don't be too hard on the boys. They're such little fellows, after all. I love you. I, I've never loved anyone else. I never shall. I know. And you've made me so very happy. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Oh, Kathy. Kathy. Kathy, don't leave me. Oh, Kathy, don't leave me. Don't leave me, Kathy. I walked out into the sunlight, dazed, shocked into complete numbness. People passed me on the street and spoke, and it seemed horrible that the day could go on and people could go on as though she was still part of the world. Young Faulkner came up to me on the street. Please, sir, may I have the afternoon off? My people are coming up. Huh? What's that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Can I miss Chapel, too, sir? Yes, yes. And may I go to the station to meet them? I nodded and stumbled on. I took my fourth form as usual, setting them to learning grammar by heart, and I sat there staring at them, wanting to shout, She's dead! What do I care for verbs and adjectives when she's dead? Finally, the class was over, and as they filed out, someone stopped by the desk. <laughs> Please, sir, there are a lot of letters for you. I looked down, and so there were. I tore them open one by one, but each one contained only a blank sheet of paper, and then I realized it was April 1st, and this was a piece of April foolery. I began to laugh at the top of my lungs. I stood there laughing until I was completely worn out. <laughs> I fell asleep with my arms on my desk and the pain dimmed and flickered and went out. And there was nothing but silence and darkness. Once several years after she'd left me, Someone spoke her name. The boy who came back for a visit. How is Mrs. Chipping, sir? I remember her very well. She had me in for tea one day. Is that so? You do remember her? You don't forget people like her. No. No, I suppose not. There's no one here now who ever knew her. The boys come and go, and even masters don't stay forever. She died, you know, less than a year after you left in 98. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. She was a wonderful woman. She gave me one of the best afternoons I can remember. I wish it were then and not now. I'm off to France tomorrow. Oh. Well, uh, Godspeed. God bring you safely home. Later, I heard that he'd been killed at Passchendaele, and then there was no one who remembered. But I remembered. Through the years that kept step with me, I remembered. When I became headmaster, she was there beside me. When there was a boy to be reprimanded, I saw her face looking back at me from a mirror pleading for him. And when I saw young people hand in hand with a light on their faces, I saw her smiling at me, and my heart grew warm for an instant. I loved her. Very much. Poor old chap. Must have lived a lonely sort of life all by himself. Not always by himself. He married, you know. Really? I didn't know that. She died. It must have been, oh, quite 30 years ago. More, possibly. Mm, pity he never had any children. What's that? 
Did I hear one of you saying it was a pity I never had any children? But I have, you know. I have. Hundreds of them. Thousands of them. And all boys. Close your eyes, Chips. Try to rest. What's that? Close your eyes, Chips. Try to rest. Kathy, what are you doing here? You're tired. I've come to sit beside you. Uh, good night, Chips. Good night and uh, goodbye, Mr. Chips. Uh, what was that, Kathy? What was that he was saying? He was saying, goodbye, Mr. Chips. Oh, he was, eh? But you won't say it, will you? You won't say it. No, Mr. Chips. I won't say it ever again. The curtain has gone down on Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And in just a moment, Arnold Moss will tell you about next week's play. But first, I'd like to ask you if you're the type of person that can face the world with a smile. Well, maybe you are. But don't leave that to chance. Use Colgate tooth powder every day and before every date. For Colgate tooth powder not only removes dull surface film from your teeth, bringing out all the natural sparkling brilliance of your smile, but at the same time it assures you of a breath that's invitingly sweet and fresh. Now, that's not just my say-so. Scientific tests have definitely proved that Colgate tooth powder stops oral unpleasing breath, stops it instantly in seven cases out of ten. So don't take a chance with romance. Simply brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate tooth powder for a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles. That's it, Colgate tooth powder. And now, Arnold Moss. Our play next week is a comedy of all comedies. My Man Godfrey by Eric Hatch. The rib-tickling story of a beautiful, if slightly wacky, society girl who discovered that sometimes a forgotten man is the kind that's hardest to forget. Until next Tuesday, then, when Colgate Tooth Powder presents My Man Godfrey on the Colgate Theater of Romance, this is your host, Arnold Moss, saying goodnight and wishing you love, happiness, and romance. In tonight's play, Kathy was played by Gertrude Warner, and the lovable Mr. Chips was played by Carl Swenson. The radio adaptation was written by Gene Holloway, the music conducted by Ben Ludlow, and the production was directed by Mark Sloeb. the 14-day palm olive plan. Yes, what is the 14-day palm olive plan? It's the biggest beauty news in years. Doctors tested this plan, proved it brought lovelier complexions to two out of three of all the women tested. Here it is. Wash your face with palm olive soap. Then massage for a full 60 seconds with palm olive's lovely soft lather. Then rinse. Do this three times a day. Easy to do, yet 36 doctors proved this palm olive plan brings a lovelier complexion to two out of three women. No matter what type of skin you have, dry or oily, the 14-day palm olive plan works. So get palm olive. See what palm olive can do for your skin in only 14 days. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. If you're swinging, if you're boating, if you're pitching, if you're floating, you need Nestle's Quicken Milk this summer. If you're training, if you're racing, try the drink that's really bracing. It's Nestle's Quicken Milk this summer. 
delicious chocolatey quick makes the most wonderful energy drink. Gives you all the health of milk plus quick's own vitamins and iron. Never sticky sweet, so it really quenches thirst. Get cool, get a great chocolatey treat, and get lots of energy builders. Take a tip from all us bright kids. It's the drink that's really right, kids. Ask for Nestle's quick and milk this summer. saxophone, Coleman Hawkins.
was the Esquire Blues. Now the band offers a little stump number entitled Mop Mop.
our first vocal star of the evening, our incomparable all-American girl singer, Miss Billie Holiday.
Some call me honey 
will be back again shortly. And now we introduce one of the greatest and most historic personalities in the history of jazz, Mr. Louis Armstrong. Well, baby, diamond bracelet, wool work doesn't sell. Oh, baby, no, no. Tell that lucky day, you know, done well, baby. I can't give you anything but Swell, baby, 
diamond bracelet with what doesn't sell. Mm, baby, tell that lucky day, you know done well, baby. I can't give anything, anything but love. That's the only thing I've been here. I can't give you anything but love. Very much, folks. Brother Jackson T. Gordon. Gonna swing out one of them good old good ones on the trial and vocal. I got a right to sing the blues. That's right. Ah. Uh. 
Tatum on Sweet Lorraine.
know there was a special division in the voting in this year's Esquire magazine All-American Band Contest devoted to miscellaneous instruments that takes care of such instruments as xylophones, vibraharps, and if necessary, though not probably, such things as ocarinas, piccolos, and so forth. In this division, there were two winners tied for first place this year, and one of them is featured in this next number, which is going to be an all-out jam session with everybody taking some solos later on. Red Norvo at the xylophone in I Got Rhythm. Red Norvo.
about three minutes left before we turn the stage over to the gentleman from the Blue Network for preparations for the Spotlight Band's broadcast. And I wonder whether you'd like in that time to hear the boys play some blues. That'd be a good idea. Take it away, Jack. Start out on some blues. Just three minutes of blues, okay? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players have a surprise for you tonight. It's my pleasure to introduce the president of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, Mr. Gene Herschel. Thank you and good evening. For our guests on tonight's program, we have Barbara Stanwyck, 
Basil Rathbone, Antio actor Michael Curtis, three of Filmdom's outstanding personalities who will offer... Uh, just a minute, Gene. I thought Jack Benny was supposed to be one of the guests here tonight. Jack Benny? Yes. Well, he was, but he got a little temperamental, so we, uh, well, so he's just not here tonight. But, Gene, Jack told uh, me no, that... Truman, let me explain the whole thing. When Jack found out that uh, Michael Curtis was going to direct Barbara Stanwyck and Basil Rathbone in a dramatic sketch, right away he wanted to muzzle in on it. Oh. So he called me up and tried to sell himself. <clears throat> I had a terrible time getting rid of him, and this is exactly what happened. Hello? Uh, hello, this is Jack Benny speaking. I'd like to talk to Mr. Holt. Who? Mr. Holt. Mr. Hirsch Holt. <laughs> Is, uh, is he in? Well, you must mean Gene Herschold. This is he speaking. Oh, oh, Gene Herschold. Yes, yes. Well, Mr. Herschold, I called up the Screen Guild players about being on the Lady Esther program next Monday with Barbara Stanwyck. Yes, I heard about that, but didn't they explain to you that the play is all set and the cast is complete? Well, yes. Uh, yes I'll they... tell you what, I'll tell you. Uh, let's make it some other night. Well, now, now, look, don't give me that some other time stuff, and you don't have to beat around the bush either. Look, Mr. Herschel, if you don't want me to be on this show, just say so. And all I want is a simple answer. Yes or no? No. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Look, I can tell from your attitude, Mr. Herschel, that this is a personal matter. I mean, what have you got against me? I haven't got anything against you, Jack, but you're a comedian. And frankly, I don't think you have enough dramatic ability to play the lead opposite Miss Stanwyck. What do you mean I can't be dramatic? Did you ever see me when I was worried? Why, I'm, I'm only 32 and I've got gray hair. You're only what? I've got gray hair, can't you hear? Now, look, who can I speak to uh, besides you about this? Well, Jack, there's only one suggestion I can make. Get in touch with Mr. Michael Curtis. He is going to direct the play we are doing on this program. Michael Curtis, the director who won the Academy Award? Oh, boy. And if it's all right with Curtis, it's all right with me. Well, thanks, thanks. I'll call him right away. By the way, what's Mr. Curtis's telephone number? Uh, Ulrich 8900. Uh, wait till I write that down. Ulrich 8... Hey, wait a minute. That's the number you call to get the right time. Now, look, Mr. Hirschhold. Hello? Hello? Operator, I was cut off. You weren't cut off, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine president for the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Got a good mind to run against him. <laughs> now, let's see. Where can I get Cortez's number? Now, here's the telephone book right here. Let's see. There's C, 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 Cur, Curry. I hate curry. <laughs> Why do they have to take chicken and spoil it with that stuff? Kurt, Curtsy, Cortez. Oh, there it is. No, no, uh, no, miss. I want to talk to Mr. Cortez personally. Who's calling, please? Uh, Benny, Jack Benny. Yes, sir. Is it about insurance or something? No. No, it's about acting. Oh. Please get Mr. Cortez on the phone. Yes, sir. Insurance yet. Haven't sold a policy since Warner Brothers picked up my option. In the first place... Hello? Oh, hello, Mr. Cortez. Uh, this is Jack. 
I'm calling you about that Lady Esther show you're directing next week, and I was wondering if there was a part in it for me. Jack who? <laughs> oh, pardon me, Benny. Jack Benny. Remember, we met once at a party at Marlene Dietrich's house. Uh, Marlene Dietrich? You know, the girl with the legs. All girls I know have legs. <laughs> That's right, they do. They do. Now look, Mr. Cortez. Oh, Jack Benny. Oh, oh. Are you the radio comedian? And violinist. Now mm. here's... <laughs> now here's the, uh, here's the situation, Mr. Cortez. I just spoke to Gene Herschel, president of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, whom, incidentally, I'm running against next year. Mr. Holt, or Mr. Hirschhold said, if it was um, okay with you, I could be on the program. Ah, but I'm not directing a comedy, Mr. Benny. It's going to be a very serious, dramatic play. Well, gee, I can do drama. I made a picture once called The Meanest Man in the World. I didn't get one laugh in it. Now, uh, now what do you say? I'm glad I missed it. I don't mean that. I'm talking about acting with Barbara Stanwyck with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players. Uh, now, Mr. Benny, I'm trying to explain it to the best of my ability. You are a comedian, and it's impossible to convince anyone that you are a lover. Well, I'm too much of a gentleman to mention names, but... Um... <laughs> but there are a couple of girls at the Florentine Gardens that'll give you an argument about that, brother. Now, just, Mr. Wait, Kirk, just, just wait a moment, Jack. He said, Basil Radburn is all set to play opposite Barbara Stanwyck, and there is nothing I can do about it. Basil Rathbone? Well, why can't we make it a triangle? Why can't he be her husband and I her lover? Because I am a director and not a miracle man. <laughs> well, I'll take care of the miracles. <laughs> It, uh, it can be worked out, don't worry. Well, all right. I tell you what, Jack, I'm a very busy now. I suggest you call Miss Stanwyck, and if it's all right with her, it's okay with me. Thank you, I'll do that. Oh, what's Miss Stanwyck's telephone number? Oh, I think it's Crestview 67071. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello? Joe's Fish Market. <laughs> what? Come on, buddy. I haven't got all day. Is Barbara there? Barracuda, 42 cents a pound. <laughs> Barracuda? Who is this, anyway? This is Joe's Fish Market. Oh, I don't want any fish. I've got What's to... wrong with fish? Nothing, nothing. Boats going out every day, taking a chance with submarines, and you don't like the fish they bring back. Look, it isn't that. I just happen to call... It's guys like you that are eating up all the cows in this country. <laughs> I never ate a cow in my life. I got the wrong number. Goodbye. Hmm. Cortez gave me the wrong number purposely. Oh, well, I'll get Barbara in the phone book, and I won't take any chances this time. I'll trap her into letting me play the part. 
Now, let's see. I'll disguise my voice. Let's see. Stanwick. S. S. T. Stan. Standish. Stank. I used to go with a girl named Stank. Alga Stank. Stanley. Stanton. There it is. Stanwick. Hello. I'd like to speak to Miss Stanwick, please. This is Miss Stanwick speaking. Oh, my name is Fizzbucket. Roscoe J. Fizzbucket. I'm with the Radio Gallipole. Tell me, Miss Stanwick, who do you listen to on Sundays? Amy McPherson. <laughs> I see. Well, Miss Stanwick, do you ever listen to Jack Benny? Oh, yes. I never miss him. He's wonderful. Well, that's nice to know. Uh, tell me, Miss Stanwick... Would you be interested in doing a play that is a love scene with Mr. Benny on the radio? On the radio, back porch, or Davenport, no. Hmm. But you just said he was wonderful. I don't mind listening to him, but I won't have him pawing me. Who said I was going to paw you? Just a minute. Who is this, anyway? It ain't Joe's Fish Market. Now, look, Barbara... Why, Jack Benny, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, I was only kidding. Now, Barbara, Mr. Cortez suggested that I call you about the Lady Esther show next Monday. Yes? Have you any objection to my playing the part of your husband in the sketch? But I understood Basil Rathbone was playing the part. Well, he's scheduled to, tentatively. But if you want me, all you've got to do is speak up. <laughs> I said all you've got to do is speak up. Barbara, are you there? Yes. Oh, oh. Well, I, I, I wish you'd... I wish you'd think this over, Barbara. But, Jack, this part doesn't fit you. It, it has to be someone with a lot of sex appeal. Well, I have sex appeal. Gee, I, I was thrown out of the Palladium three times for dancing too close. <laughs> dancing too close? You were just tired and hanging on. Well, no wonder the way I jitterbug. Come on, what do you say, Barbara? How about me doing the play with you instead of Rathbone? Well, I really have nothing to do with it, Jack. Why don't you call up Gene Herschold? I did call him, and it's up to you. Now, look, Barbara, I've got another idea. Why can't Will I... you please deposit five cents for an additional three minutes? Whoops. Three minutes already? Just a second. Would you mind dropping a nickel in, Barbara? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't have a payphone in my house. Oh, well, that's right. What's the matter with me? Do I get that nickel or do I have to cut you off? Now, don't get excited. Here, I found one. There. Hmm. No more three minutes than the man in the moon. It doesn't seem like we've been talking for three minutes, does it, Barbara? You ought to be on this end. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Well, come to the point, Barbara. Look at Here's what I was going to ask you. When do you start rehearsing the play? Tomorrow night at my house, but I don't think you ought at to... At your house, eh? What time? Eight o'clock, but really, Jack, I don't think Eight you... Eight o'clock. Well, thanks, Barbara. See you tomorrow night. I'll read the part, and Basil Rathbone will read the part, and may the best man win. That's fair enough, isn't it? I'll say it is. Swell. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, by the way, Barbara, shall I come for dinner? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, well, some other time. <laughs>
Gene Hersholt will continue his explanation of Jack Benny's absence from the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players broadcast in just a moment. And now I know you will want to hear this interesting beauty counsel from a great authority, Lady Esther. Suppose I were to say to you, no one is born with dry, rough skin. No one is born with blackheads, big pores. And I can prove that no one needs to have skin troubles at any time. I can prove it right now with my 30-second patch test. Then suppose you said, what is the patch test? And how will it prove that no one needs to have skin troubles? Well, here's how I, I would describe the patch test to you. And I do hope you'll try it tonight if you can. Just take a little Lady Esther face cream and rub it on one small section of your face, wherever you want to make the test. A good place is your forehead or chin or perhaps one cheek. The main thing is to apply the cream to just that one little part of your face. Then wipe it off and compare the difference between that patch of skin and all the rest of the skin around it. See how much brighter, fresher and clearer it looks. How much finer and younger textured. Feel it. Touch it. Notice the delicate silken feel of it, the wonderful new softness and smoothness. You see, Lady Esther Face Cream does all the four things your skin needs most for beauty. It really cleans your skin. It softens your skin. It helps nature refine the pores. And it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. So make the patch test tonight for the sake of your own appearance. And remember, what you see happen to that one small patch of skin will happen to your whole face when you use Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. You'll look so much lovelier, so much more exciting after the very first application. Just let the patch test prove it. Well, Mr. Hersholt, what happened after that phone call? Did Jack Benny show up at Barbara Stanwyck's house? Mm, yes, Truman. The next night, about 7.30... I wasn't there, of course, but the way I understand it, when Jack arrived, Miss Stanwyck was still having dinner. So the butler opened the door and he... Uh... Right this way, Mr. Benny. I'll show you into the drawing room. Thank you, thanks. Mr. Rathbone is here already. Oh, he is. One of those anxious guys, eh? <laughs> Say, this is a lovely home. May I take your umbrella, Mr. Benny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I should have left it out in the hall. You know, it looked like rain when I started out. <laughs> Well, well, Mr. Rathbone, I'm Jack Benny, the movie star. Now, how do you do? Uh, how do you do? So the two rivals meet, eh? Rivals? Yes. Well, perhaps I should let Barbara tell you, but it looks like, well, I'm taking your place on the Lady Esther Screen Guild show next Monday. You're taking my place? Well, it's this way. At rehearsal tonight, you and I are both going to read the part, and, of course, the best man will win. The best man? Yes. Mr. Benny, when only two people are involved in a statement, the comparative is used. You don't say the best man will win, you say the better man will win. Oh. <laughs> now, um, <clears throat> if three or more people are involved, then the word best is the correct adjective. I see. And so before we compete for the part in this play, Mr. Benny, perhaps it would be as well if you first learned how to speak English. <laughs> uh, 
Well, for your information, Mr. Rathbone, I went to Waukegan High School four years, and I excelled in English. In fact, I got 99 every single term. Now, ain't that interesting? <laughs> now, cut that out! And getting back to the Screen Guild show, the way the script is written now, you play the part of Miss Tanwick's husband, is that correct? That is correct and final. Well, that remains to be seen. Hmm. I've heard of sore losers in my life, but <laughs> this guy takes the cake, you know. Step right in here, Mr. Cortez. Miss Tanwick will be with you shortly. Oh, uh, thank you. Oh, hello, Basil. Hello. Michael, boy, how are you? Fine, fine. Oh, hello, Mr. Cortez. What are you doing here? Well, I just thought I'd drop around to see if I uh, could... Now, listen, Mike. I don't know what this is all about, but I demand an explanation. Look, Mr. Rathbone... Explanation? That's what I want. Look, Mr. Curtis. I was under the impression that I was to appear opposite Miss Stanwyck. Look, Mr. Rathbone... Of course you were. Look, Mr. Curtis. <laughs> then what is this all about? Look, Mr. Now, look! <laughs> My Mr. Benny, when I spoke to you on the telephone, I thought I made perfectly clear... Good evening, I... everybody. Well, oh, here's Barbara. Hello. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Well, here we are. Just set the coffee down here, Richard. Yes, madam. Demitas, Mr. Curtis. Uh, no, thank you. Coffee, Basil? Yes, please. I'll have some, too. Here you are, Jack. Uh, thanks. Oh, Barbara, this is the better coffee I ever tasted. <laughs> Mr. Benny, the word is best. There are only two of us drinking it. <laughs> now make up your mind. Well, we're all here, so let's get started with the rehearsal. Uh, just one moment. Oh, Mike, um, let's get this settled before, uh, for Mr. Benny's benefit, shall we? Is he or is he not replacing me in the play? Certainly not. That's ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. Why, it's absurd. You stay out of this. <laughs> Please. Please stop. Stop all this bickering. Now, Jack... <laughs> If you would like to watch the rehearsal, just take a chair over there and be quiet. Yes, sir. Hmm. Oh, Barbara, is it all right if I have some of these walnuts here? Go right ahead. Help yourself, Jack. Thanks. Mmm, big ones. Jumbos. Mmm. Hmm. Now, Barbara, you too, Basil. If you both turn to the page 12 on the script, we'll proceed. Boy, these nuts are good. <laughs> Sure are now, good. Now, Barbara, you are a wealthy society girl who is married to a New York stockbroker. That's you are, Basil. <laughs> but uh, he's not love with you, Barbara, as the French say is a marriage of convenience. That was a tough one. Mr. Benny! <laughs> Will you stop eating those nuts? Barbara said I could. <laughs> Anyway, Mr. Cortez, I don't want to sit around here like a bump on a log. If I can't have the lead in the play, isn't there something I can do? All right. If it makes you happy, you can play the part of a butler. A butler? Okay. All right. Here's your script. Thanks. Now, remember, Barbara, you are the wife. Basil, you are the husband who doesn't understand her. And Jack? I'm the butler whom Barbara really loves. <laughs> you are the butler, that's all. Okay, okay. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> All right, Barbara. Now, you start the scene. Remember, your husband is two hours late for dinner and you are a nervous wreck. I understand. Go ahead. Call for your butler. Yes. 
Oh, Smedley. Smedley. Yes, madame. Smedley yet. <laughs> uh, what is it, madame? Are you sure my husband hasn't phoned? Uh, no, madame. That's strange. He said he'd be back at... What time is it, Smedley? It's half past eight. <laughs> Shall I serve dinner, madame? Oh, no, no, Smedley. I'm much too upset to eat. I think I'll go to a movie. What's playing in the village? George Washington Slept Here, starring Jack Benny. <laughs> that is not in the script. Read the line that I've written, please. Well, it doesn't hurt to give my picture a plug. It doesn't change the plot any, does it? For heaven's sake. Read it on the way it's written. All right, all right. <laughs> Between Hirschhold and you, I don't understand anything. <laughs> Now, give me, uh, give me that again, will you, Barbara? Okay. No, Smedley, I'm much too upset to eat. I think I'll go to a movie. What's playing in the village? Casablanca. How's that? <laughs> much better. And George Washington slept here. It's a double feature. <laughs> yeah. Jack, please. All right, I'll start over again. Shall I serve dinner, madame? No, Smedley, I'm much too upset to eat. I think I'll go to a movie. Is one of my pictures playing in the village? <laughs> there can't be three features on one bill. You know. Shut up! All right, all right. Now, Barbara, at this point, the husband entered the room. I'm ready, Mike. Oh, Mr. Cortez, let me ask you something. When Basil comes in, or Basil... By the way, how do you pronounce that? Basil or Basil? Mr. Rathbone. <laughs> Well, when Mr. Rathbone comes in... Just read the line, Jack. I handle the rest. All right, all right. Ready? Director. Ready, Basil? Make your entrance, please. <clears throat> right. Oh, good evening, darling. So sorry I'm late. Oh, Ronald, you're always late and you're always sorry. It's been like this for months. What has come between us? If I only knew, maybe we could work things out. No, it's nothing, my dear. It's just that I've been so busy lately at the office. Let's forget it. Uh, dinner is served. Oh, pardon me. I came in too soon. <laughs> Ronald, we must come to some understanding. This can't go on forever. Gwen, let's be adult about the whole thing, shall we? Every night it's the same argument, this constant nagging, nagging, nagging. I tell you, I've been working at the office. But I phoned your office and they said you left at two this afternoon. Well, I had business at the bank. Besides, I, I forgot where I parked my car. Find Sherlock Holmes. Can't even find his car. <laughs> Jack, stop interrupting. no use, Ronald. I know you're lying. Look at you. Everything you say, everything you do gives you away. Now, Gwen, please. What's that on your collar? Is it lipstick? It ain't ketchup. <laughs> Jack, please! Well, I don't want to stand around here like a dope. You've got the right line now. Say it. Oh, yes. Uh, beg pardon, madame. Dinner is served. Jack, don't use such a thick accent. <laughs> Well, now I've heard everything. <laughs> to talk yet. Dinner is served. Ah, dinner. 
Come along, Gwen. We're not having dinner, Ronald. Not until we reached a definite understanding. Well, I'm hungry. Oh, Ronald, I can't go through another day of this uncertainty. I must know. Do you love me or not? Of course I love you. You're lying, Ronald. Lying. Very well, then I'm lying. Gee. You might as well know the truth, Gwen. I've never loved you. Never. The guy must be nuts or something. And if you weren't so... <laughs> if you weren't so stupid, you'd have known it a long time ago. Ronald! Ronald! What are you saying? Gee whiz. <laughs> I married you for your money, that's all. Everybody else knows it. And if you weren't such a silly, blind little fool, you'd have realized it yourself. Oh, stop, Ronald, stop! Well, Dan, now that you know how things stand between us, the sooner you divorce me, the happier I'll be. No, no, I will never divorce you, Ronald. I couldn't live without you. I couldn't, I couldn't! Tears, tears, woman's tears. Oh, stop the dramatic. Ronald! I'm moving to my club. Smedley, pack my clothes. I wouldn't touch your dirty... <laughs> Jack, stick to your lines. You are the butt. I don't care. Continue, Basil. Well, goodbye, Gwen. I'm going to my club. Our attorneys can get together tomorrow. Don't go, Ronald. Please don't go. Oh, stop hanging on to me. But I won't give you up. I won't. I won't. Stop it, I say. Stop it. Let go of me. No, no. Don't take that. Oh! That's the last straw. Take off your coat, Ratbone. But, Jack... <laughs> Jack, this is only a play. Play nothing. Put up those dukes, Basil. Jack, if you don't behave yourself, you can't be in the play. The heck with the play. If you think I'm going to stand by and see this cad strike the woman I love. The woman you love? Yes, Barbara. You might as well know it now. I've been crazy about you for years. But Jack, please. I don't care who knows it. I don't care if the whole world knows it. I love you, Barbara, as I've never loved before. I know you will never feel the same way about me, so I'll walk out of your life forever. But before I go, kiss me. <laughs> why they call him the Waukegan Wolf. But anyway, Truman, that's why Jack Benny couldn't be here with us on our program tonight. Oh, well, Gene, maybe it's just as well. Thank you, Barbara Stanwyck, Jean Hersholt, Basil Rathbone, Michael Cortez, and last but certainly not least, you, Jack, for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight and giving us such a delightful half hour of laughter. We enjoyed every minute of it. And now, friends, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. If you are one of those who have not yet made the Lady Esther patch test... I hope you won't put it off any longer. Make this 30-second test tonight. For the sooner you do, the sooner you will have a smoother, fresher, more youthful-looking skin.
To make the patch test, just rub a little Lady Esther face cream on one small part of your face. Choose a rough, flaky section of skin. Your forehead's a good place, or perhaps one cheek. All you do is rub Lady Esther face cream on that space. Wipe it off and see the startling results in your mirror. See how much brighter, clearer, and fresher that patch of skin looks than any other part of your face. Get right up close to your mirror and examine the patch of skin. See how much smoother and finer textured it looks compared to the skin around it. Touch it with your fingers. Feel the wonderful new softness of it, the delicate petal-like smoothness. And remember, what you see happen to that one little patch of skin will happen to your whole face when you apply Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. For this one cream does all the four things your skin needs most for beauty. Just imagine how lovely and exciting you will look when you use Lady Esther Face Cream first and then apply glamorous Lady Esther Face Powder to the smooth new freshness of your skin. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Hello, Frisco, Hello. It will star Jack Oakey, Jenny Sims, and Dick Powell. Be sure to listen. Jack Benny's next release will be The Horn Blows at Midnight. Barbara Stanwyck has just completed the picture, My Reputation. Michael Cortez, director of the Academy Award winner Casablanca, has recently completed Passage to Marseille all Warner Brothers productions. Basil Rathbone will soon be seen in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Technicolor production, Bathing Beauty. Gene Hersholt can be heard every Wednesday night on his own radio show, Dr. Christian. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To try Lady Esther four-purpose face cream, just get the smallest size jar. Later, you can get the economical large jar and keep refilling the small one for convenience. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night, everyone. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>